It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And once again, we are joined by Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. And uh, always a great uh, segment to talk to Ray. He's always got great information. And we're going to start uh, up on uh, Winnie. We'll talk about Leech and uh, some of the Brainerd Lakes area here as well. But we're going to start, uh, Ray, up on Winnie, as we always like to do. Uh, anything change from last week? You know, Brian, before we do that, maybe we should just talk a little bit about acorns and choke cherries. Oh, okay. Have you, noticed, have you noticed how many acorns there are? I have, uh, to be honest with you. I, I talked, and we're going to talk later on in the show with Brent Beimert, and uh, when I was talking with him, uh, getting prepped for the interview, he couldn't believe how many white oak acorns are falling already. White oaks and red oaks. Uh, <clears throat> it's just amazing, and it's a, a major attractor for deer uh, because they just love those acorns. And the bear do also. And i got to tell you, uh, the last couple of years in my area where I live, we've had uh, chokecherry uh, bushes that are just loaded with chokecherries. And I've seen, I saw one, and I saw another spot where a bear actually sat down, pulled the, uh, brush, the brush down to its level, and sat there on its butt and ate the chokecherries. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm down the road from my house. Uh, I saw another spot where there was a nice chokecherry. In fact, I was going to get some chokecherries off from it. And you can see where the bear sat in the grass, pulled all those branches down, and cleaned the whole thing off. There wasn't a chokecherry left on the whole thing. <clears throat> so <laughs> it could be a good year for uh, for uh, berries and for acorns the way it's looking right now. Yeah, and for bear hunters and deer hunters, too, especially uh, early yeah. season. Yeah, and uh, baiting starts very soon, so... It'd be interesting to see what happens. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, Winnie. Uh, I talked with Kim. Um, and, by the way, she's going to uh, South Dakota next uh, week because her husband and her kids are uh, out there right now. And so I said, well, we got to get a preliminary report on what the pheasant population looks like uh, uh, in South Dakota. So maybe we can get that for the next week's show. Nice. Get a little bit of update about, about the pheasant hunt. Uh, the the walleye bite is still really good. We talked about this last week, and we talked about them catching them on the west side of Winnie, and they were in uh, 15, 16 feet of water. Well, this week, they've been catching them pretty regularly in 8 and 9 and 10 feet of water with crankbaits midday, late afternoons, and evenings, which just suggests to me there's got to be a really good population of Again, we talked about a lot of those 13, 14-inch walleyes, but that's a phenomenal bite that's going on up there for this time of the year because to, to find that bite, even on Mille Lacs or any of our Raider area lakes for walleyes, it's been pretty tough. So <clears throat> if you're looking for walleyes, uh, I would say head up to Winnie. And there's also been a, a perch bite starting to go if you use small crankbaits and uh, get behind your boat you know, far enough away so you don't spook them out. Um, you're going to catch some nice-sized perch, too. But nice, nice bite for those 13, 14-inch walleyes on crankbaits. And then uh, there's also a crappie bite starting to go up there. <clears throat> and uh, small jigs, crappie minnows, similar to, uh, to what we do when we fish them in the spring, 
and uh, they've been catching them over on three rivers along that area, and they've also been catching them up on Cutfoot Sioux. So there's been a pretty good bite up there, and there are still a couple cabins open on high banks if you want to go up there for the Labor Day weekend. Uh, it could be well worth your trip to get into some crappies, get into some walleyes, and uh, even a, and, a, and a number of pike, too. So very good up there. Um, they're still um, slow on Leech Lake. Uh, talked with uh, Jack Shriver Jr. up there at the bait shop, and it's not changed a whole lot since last week. We've had um, pretty hot weather, and we've had some storms come through the area, which affects it a little bit, but it hasn't changed the weather, the uh, water temperature much yet. It's still warm. It's warmer than uh, I like to see at this time of the year. We're into our last uh, few days here of August. So I like to start seeing that water temperature getting down into the 60s, but it's not there yet. So the walleye bite, uh, they're catching a few walleyes with crankbaits and spinners, and they're catching a few muskies and a few northerns. But overall, it's been it's been a pretty tough bite up there. <clears throat> and uh, when the temperatures get into that lower to mid-60s, those perch are going to start moving out of the vegetation, and uh, that's when you and I, Brian, are going to go up there and start seeing if we can catch some of those uh, 11, 12-inch perch, because can't wait for that. Then uh, just uh, a little bit about Brainerd. Uh, the walleye bite is, in general, really tough in Brainerd right now. I think if you go to North Long, if you go to Gull, if you go to Pelican, uh, I think you're going to find it, for if you're looking for walleyes, to be honest, you're going to be struggling. It's been really, really tough. And some people have been saying the bass fishing's been tough, but I have not found that to be true, and I've talked to a couple of my friends. I talked to Royal Carols this morning, uh, Royal Carols, rather, and Royal is uh, doing really well. He, uh, In fact, uh, yesterday he was out for two hours, and in the first two hours he got 22 largemouth bass, and they were all in 20 to 23 feet of water, and he was using a 4 to 5-inch little plastic worm on a little tiny jig, so if you hear people are struggling finding bass, it might be those people who are still looking for them in the traditional shallow areas, uh, six, seven, eight, nine feet of water. So a lot of these days now, you need to get out, move off those vegetation lines, get into that deeper water, because that's where they're at. And I, I've talked to a couple of my fellow Nisswa guides, and I think we're all in a kind of agreement, maybe you're not seeing the numbers of bass caught right now in the Brainerd area, but it seems like they're bigger. On most lakes, it seems like there's just been a bigger average than the, the last few years, so that's that's kind of fun, too. <clears throat> and the uh, the panfish bite is still very good, um, uh, especially if you uh, can get into some of those areas with vegetation and there's not a lot of boat traffic. Uh, I think you'll find that you're going to have a pretty good time catching panfish. It's still a very, very good panfish bite. Bass bite is good. Walleye bite is not very good. <clears throat> and you can still find those uh, keeper northern pike too off the uh, weed edges. But you got to work for them. you got to work hard to find them. Um, I talked with uh, Sherry up at S&W Bait, and it's been, a, it's been a really a weird year. It was an early hatch or an early spawning period for the leeches. I'm not sure what you call it spawning or hatching. But anyway, uh, so now a lot of those leech populations are dwindled down. It's getting harder to catch uh, and find leech to bring into a bait shop. And um, 
the uh, other thing that's really hard to come by right now are sucker minnows. And the sucker minnows are what I really like to use for northern pike when I'm fishing this time of the year. But the, the sucker minnows are hard to come right by right now, as are the leeches, uh, at least here in the Brainerd area, which is a little unusual because we usually see leeches into early September, uh, and then that's when they start getting harder to come by and the trappers can't get them. But uh, right now they're hard to come by, period. The other thing that's still hard to come by is tackle. And if you uh, are looking for combinations of rods and reels uh, in the bait shops and in the smaller stores, those guys just can't get them. They're just, they're just out of uh, supply. And a lot of uh, the manufacturers are suggesting they're probably not going to get them until late fall or early winter, which is, you know, the season's about over. So it's, it's just a really, really weird year in that sense that uh, the manufacturing of uh, bait things is hard to come by. And the manufacturing of, in the boat industry is also very, very, very far behind. In fact, I heard the president of uh, the corporation that owns London Crestliner saying that people ordering boats now are not going to get them until next spring. They just can't keep up with the demand because they can't get parts and to get pieces to put the boats together. So things have really slowed down that way a little bit. So overall, uh, it's, it's that time of the year where the walleye bite's pretty tough, pretty slow. The bass bite's still pretty strong, I would say. Panfish bite's excellent, really, really good. And uh, get out there and, and enjoy it because uh, <laughs> even though we're thinking it's been pretty hot, we know what's coming around the corner. It's not going to be hot that long. That's for sure. And it's interesting you mentioned, Ray, about the supply and demand thing. Um, that's one thing, too, to kind of preview our segment coming up here later on the show with Brent Beimert. Um, he and I, when we were prepping for that segment, was telling me that just if you, if you need your bow repaired going into bow season here in about three weeks, get it in now because um, the parts and stuff that they they're just having a hard time getting all that stuff. You know, I saw on Facebook uh, a number of guys, three or four guys were saying they had older bows and they literally cannot get parts for them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty tough, something to be thinking about. It's just a weird, strange year. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing we didn't talk about last week, but a tornado came down uh, south of Motley and hit the Staples Sports Shop, uh, which is, you know, one of the really good boat dealerships in our area. And uh, that tornado came south of the Staples Sports Store, took a north turn and hit the Staples Sports Store, jumped over the top of it, and missed the gas station that's north of there. And in the process, it uh, destroyed about half of the facility. They were able to salvage a half of it, and I uh, got the wall squared away, and I uh, got a temporary roof on it. The rest of it's going to have to be all torn apart and uh, redone. And it's, uh, they were very lucky. They had some showrooms, uh, boats still on display. None of those were damaged. But they can't get boats either. They're waiting for Lund. Uh, they're a Lund dealership. They're waiting to get boats, and, and they cannot get boats. So if you want to buy a new boat, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wait. It's, just a, it's a strange year. Sure is. No doubt about that. That's Ray Gildow at the Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out at raygildow.com, all over social media as well. Great info as always, Ray. You stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk soon, buddy, okay? All right. Thank you.
More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3 and out to Malax we go as always we bring in Steve Saponiak with Predator Guide Service always keeping an eye on the big pond out there just coming off a guide trip uh musky guide trip Steve how'd that go you know for half a day musky guide trip I had a couple of gentlemen uh it was good. It was real good. I got no complaints, Brian. The weather is perfect. A little bit of rain, we can live with that. A little bit of wind, we can live with that. Each of my gentlemen, their first time musky fishing, had a hit. You know, I warned them at the beginning, you know, a little subtle tap is a hit. If your lure starts to move or you feel weight on the lure, that's a hit from a musky. Set the hook. You know, a love tap is, you know, set the hook as a hit. Uh, I said, yeah, I gave him all the scenarios. Well, each one of them had the scenario. One of them had a little tap, and he set the hook, and a huge boil on the water didn't set the hook hard enough, and he set the hook to the side. Fish got away. Uh, later on, the other gentleman, he had his line. All of a sudden, there was weight there. and starts going off to the side. By the time he realized what was going on, he went to set the hook. He set the hook to the side, too. little small boil on the water and everything, and that was it. So all in all, you know, they had their chances. I can't complain. It was three hits for one guy and two hits for the other. That's decent, and we got about a 20-inch smallmouth bass while I are musky fishing, which is normal. It can happen. So all in all, I was very happy with the day. That's good. You know, it's funny you mention that because uh, you and I, you took me out walleye or uh, musky fishing here about uh, 15 years ago, and I had never done it before. And uh, you told me the same exact thing, and I had the same problem. It was amazing to me because these fish are so massive. And the fact that they just have these little taps, you'd think they'd just hammer this thing and you'd know exactly what you had, but they, they just don't do it that way. And it's really interesting. It is, Brian. That's a good point. You know, thank you for mentioning it. I remember that day well. We had, you and I had a blast. Uh, like I tell everybody, you know, the little love tap, this is where it comes from. For all your listeners right now, you can take a look at your hands, your fingers. You can grab something and feel it. You can move it around in your hand. You can feel it. It doesn't feel like anything that you like or something. You put it down. Well, fish don't have feelers. They don't have fingers. They don't have anything. So if they're curious about something, Brian, they quickly grab it with their mouth. And if it's not what they want, they can spit that baby out. They can spit it out in one-fourth of a second, a hundredth of a second. That is how quick they are. I've seen it happen, Brian, hundreds and hundreds of times with muskies grab something and spit it out that quick. It's phenomenal. One of my clients I get every year, beginning opening weekend, big guy, young guy, strong, real quick. I've had him for years. He cast it in three feet of water past a 53-inch muskie, brought the lure right in front of the muskie's mouth. The muskie inhaled it, closed its mouth. You didn't see no lure. He's setting the hook as the mouth is closing. She's quicker. She opened up her mouth that much, and the lure went flying between the two of us. So that's why you feel a little love tap, I call it, folks. They're barely touching it. It's not what they want. They're spitting it out. The times that they do bang a lure, I wish it was more often. So get used to that. When you're muskie fishing, you feel a little tap, a little tug. All of a sudden, you feel dead weight. All of a sudden, your line's going a different direction. Set the hook. Set the hook up hard. Uh, don't set the hook to the side like a bass fisherman. You're not going to be happy with the results. Were these fish close to the boat during the figure eight, Steve, which is very important, by the way, for musky anglers, and, and uh, you've always stressed that too, uh, or were these further away from the boat? These are further away from the boat, Brian. They were a good 20 yards out, each one of them, when it happened, which is good. We did have one muskie following close to the boat. 
But uh, didn't, he, didn't even have a chance, my gentleman, to get the fish to go in a figure eight. It took off that quick again. You know, I think if uh, he would have thought about it and started figure eight, even though he didn't see it, you know, you never know. She could have hung around. Uh, definitely. When you come into the boat, folks, with your lure, you do the outturn. Every time you get near the boat, you stop your line about a half a foot from your rod tip to your leader, and you turn to the left or you turn to the right, a 90-degree turn, L-turn, and watch behind your lure. If you see something, go into figure eight. If not cast again and try again yeah yeah that's the amazing thing because uh you know (laughs) i think sometimes anglers forget about that steve and uh they can lose out real quick oh definitely you know it's another another uh, tool in your arsenal as far as fishing goes muskies that'll help you if you learn how to move smoothly into a figure eight without hesitating without getting excited you see a giant behind your lure just speed up a hair and go into a huge figure eight make those turns real wide get your rod tip in the water brian a lot of times you know a big musky 48 inches or bigger can't do a sharp turn so you go as wide as you can and even if the fish disappears keep figure eighting for at least one minute i guarantee you you don't see that fish but it sees your lure yet so it's a win-win situation if you pull it off right what were you guys throwing out there uh, good question. Again, we were throwing some plastic, the Poseidon. We were throwing the Fidelity Muskie Candy Spin. Uh, had the, had one hit the uh, where the fish grabbed and went to the side. That was on a small shoal girl. Uh, number, uh, it was double blades, number sixes, I believe. Real small blades. They work pretty good. Keep it just below the surface. And the big one hit on a rad dog, modified rad dog. It had a, blo- a black body with an orange blade. We're letting these sink a good two to three seconds or four seconds. And that's where that big one came, below, down deep in the weeds. Very interesting. And the one thing you said about, you know, the muskies, how they, it's a subtle tap. You're all, you mentioned you picked up a decent-sized bass out there, but at the same time, you'll pick up a lot of pike, and they're a little bit different because they pretty much hammer everything. They do. I wish the muskies would hammer just as hard as a pike does, Brian. I told my gentleman today at the beginning of the trip, if you get tap-tap, double-tap, I said 90% of the time it is a northern pike. I said if you get a little, little love-tap, I said 90% of the time it is a muskie. I said, they are that much different. You know, and pike are more aggressive. They do hit better. We had one double tap today, and that was it. Never got hooks into it. We have taken a few pike up to 20 pounds plus, so that's been good this year. But, yeah, keep that in mind, folks. Whenever you're pike fishing in muskie waters, if you get a little subtle up tap, slam them hooks up as hard as you can, that's a muskie. And if you get nailed twice, bam, bam, 90% of the time, that's a northern pike. And with God willing, it would be a good-sized one. Are you uh, hearing anything good on the walleye front out there? I have been keeping my nose to the grindstone, as they say, and the walleye butt has been doing pretty good yet. It's not fantastic. Each week you and I talk, it's a little less. I think the reason why it's a little less is we've got less people around. So obviously that just goes to show, you know, you play the odds, less people, less reports, less fish. Uh, Walleyes are still hanging in the shallows uh, like normal in the weeds, the edges of the weeds, the deeper weeds, and they're also out on the flats and on the sand. It's the same scenario, my friend. Everywhere you go is walleyes. Everything we're throwing yet. Our tossing has still been effective for walleyes. Crankbaits, leeches, bottom bouncers, <coughs> excuse me, crawlers. Jigs and middles have slowed down a little bit, but they will pick up again in October. So, yes, it's a win-win situation there as well. If you're a good fisherman, you should have no problem pulling off you know, anywhere from 8 
to 30 walleyes a day. And with the size of these fish in here, folks, get your camera ready, get your camera handy. Chances are you're going to catch a trophy of a lifetime, so make sure you take plenty of pictures before you let it go. Are you hearing about any anglers uh, having any luck at night out there, Steve, on the lacks? I have not. I mean, I really, really miss the musky bite at night. You know, it's, it's, been, it's, ha- it's been non-existent the last few years. Don't know what it is, don't know why. You know, one thing we know for sure, we need, we need to have the good old days of uh, stocking program. Every lake in Minnesota needs to be stocked for muskies. We need that. Uh, walleye fishing at night, the people that fish till the 10 o'clock curfew and stuff, they're having good luck. Lighted bobbers has been the key. Fish the edge of the rock reefs, fish the edge of the transition where the sand goes to gravel. You know, anywhere from 12 feet, actually 8 feet when it comes to night on the rocks or sand. Eight feet of water down to about 16 feet of water. Those slip bobbers with leeches, Brian, don't fish no more than four to six inches off the bottom, and hang on, you're going to have a blast. And one last thing, maybe a little early for uh, the crappies out there, because you can get into some really nice crappies out of Mille Lacs. People forget about that. Yeah, people do forget about it, and as far as I'm concerned, sometimes that's okay too. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they haven't been going yet. They have not been going. Uh, when they do, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fantastic. The problem is it's going to coincide, I think, this year. The cooler weather is going to happen. It's going to be during archery season for deer. So I think you're going to see a lot of people that normally fish them aren't going to be fishing them. And like I said, sometimes that's okay. So I'll never forget it was four years ago. Some young guy on one of the fishing forums had to open up his mouth, gave away GPS coordinates of everything for the hot spot for the uh, crappie action. And we only had 30 guys fishing it for 30 years. And the next week after the young guy gave up the spot with the GPS waypoints coordinates, we had over 200 people. And they wasted. They killed. They literally killed the crappies. They're coming back. They're back full time. But uh, I'll never tell people again where to go. And I hope this young guy, if he's listening, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunately the world we live in now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. yeah. Social media. (laughs) Yep. But um, all in all, it sounds like things are pretty good out there on the big pond and uh encourage people to get out there and check it out and uh, help out the resorts out there and like you said steve uh we've talked many times even if you don't want to fish there's all kinds of other things around malax you can do as well oh it's incredible you got the sioux line trail goes from the town of albany all the way to duluth it goes right past malax lake here you got trails on all around the lake for atvs and snowmobiles and for bikes my goodness, get out and take advantage of the beautiful weather. The bugs are getting less. It's, uh, like I said before, for fishing, it's a win-win situation. Same with the scenery up here and the, and the trails. It's wonderful. There you go. Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. Check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. I appreciate it, Steve. Good stuff. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And we've been talking a lot of fishing here on the show in the last, uh, well, couple of months, to be honest with you. And I thought, let's switch gears for a little bit and talk a little hunting. So we bring in our good friend Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. And uh, Brent, to start off, uh, you had a little slip up and uh, you're kind of dealing with a knee injury right now. You're hoping to get back in the woods here pretty soon, though, I guess, huh? Yeah, it kind of took out my summer a little bit and um, couldn't do much. Uh, couldn't work much, couldn't uh, hardly do anything. I've only been in a boat about 
three, four times all summer. And um, I'm just hoping to get into the woods sometime mid-October. Yeah, let's hope because, uh, yeah, you had a, a knee injury there, and uh, it, it it happens. A couple of years ago, I, I injured my shoulder and wasn't able to hunt, and it's, it's tough, I'll be honest. And so hopefully uh, you get well here real soon. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a variety of things, including, you know, some issues that COVID has caused with, uh, you know, slowing things down for you. You've been busy, but uh, you're not getting the product as quick as you would like to. But uh, let's start off, I mean, just talking hunting in general. Um, I, I know you haven't been able to get out as much as you'd like to, but I, I know people are really fired up about getting out in the woods this year and talking to a lot of hunters. And uh, I've been seeing quite a few deer around. How about you? Uh, I've seen a little bit on my travels. Um, I haven't been in the woods at all. I only got one camera out. Um, I want to get to the woods one of these days here on uh, the wheeler and take somebody with me to set some cameras and stuff. And um, at least I can see deer on on the, on the cameras. Um, but yeah, it sounds like people are seeing quite a few deer running around. Sounds like there's some good deer this year. Um, and uh, so far, you know, it's looking good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, getting out in the woods and hunting this year and and hunting a lot, to be honest with you, because uh, I've kind of missed out the last couple of years. And so, uh, and the nice thing is we're starting to see, because we're really not that far away from archery opener. Uh, it's probably, what, three weeks away? Yeah, yeah, it's getting close. Um, we're starting to see some leaves change colors a little bit, which... You know, like I say, my summer's been kind of shot, so I, I'm i ready for even a little longer summer, but that's not going to happen. Leaves are changing. The evenings are getting cooler. Um, when this temp breaks, guys are going to get real excited. You know, they're putting cameras out and doing a bunch of stuff. They're still getting food plots going um, and stuff, but uh, we're getting close. You can still put the buck forward jotes in, can't you, right now, if you haven't yeah. gotten any in? Yep, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of oats yet in stock. So guys that haven't um, got their buck forage oats in or their fall food plot, and maybe they're thinking it's too late. It's not too late for oats. I mean, all they need is dirt and water and about five days of sunshine, and they're out of the ground. So they come up fast. Um, actually, the, to wait into September, I do that quite often with my plots. Um, this year, probably not going to put any in. I got some in earlier before the knee injury and stuff. So I'm just going to go off of those and, and I'm going to go off the white oak acorns. What should hunters be doing right now, Brent? Because, you know, it's tough to kind of get into the woods because you still have to deal with mosquitoes and ticks are still real bad right now. Um, but what should they be doing right now to get ready for the fall season? Well, I'd take a cool morning. I'd go out and set cameras for one. Um, Two, I would start shooting your bow and get practicing. Um, it's hard to do when it's 85, 90 degrees out, but you got some evenings or you got a cool morning or something where you should be shooting. And uh, also, if you're needing bow work, I would get it in because we're busier and busy. And like we talked about, things are taking longer to get because of all this stuff. So nothing's going to happen fast. So I just want to urge guys to... Uh, get prepared. I mean, if you're ready to go out uh, in mid-September when it opens and you're, you don't have your stuff together, you may be waiting for products for a little bit. Yeah, because you, you and I were talking off air. You're having trouble getting strings. You're having trouble getting cables. Um, 
all kinds of different stuff, all, all the equipment for bows right now because everything is so locked down um, and the product just isn't coming out as fast. I mean, yeah, act now. Yeah, yeah, get on it. Um, it has taken us longer than it's ever taken us. You know, something that used to take us three to five days, now is um, we're pushing, you know, 10 days to two weeks to get a, get something, you know. Uh, everything is taking longer this year. Um, shipping is terrible. Um, so I urge people to uh, look at their bows, get them in, get them worked on, and see what we need to do to get them ready uh, for the upcoming season. And you mentioned uh, food plots, too. For those that maybe don't have one of those in but have a lot of uh, white oaks on their property, it looks like the acorns are starting to drop already. Yeah. Um, last year it was a red oak uh, acorn harvest. I mean, it was more than I've ever seen. The red oaks were thicker than thick on the ground. And now this year um, there's still uh, acorns in the trees and the red oaks, but the white oaks are dropping now. I mean, I got them all over my yard. Um, and same things happening in the woods. I mean, they're, they're falling. So, and the, and the white oaks are preferred by the deer over the reds. So they'll be hammering those right away, um, early season. So if you're not hunting around a food plot, um, and, or even if you have food plots, if you've got acorn trees, go to the acorns because that's where the deer are going to be. They'll, they'll bypass every food plot just to sit in those, uh, acorn trees. Yeah. And, we don't know what you know the next three weeks are going to bring, but it's been pretty dry, and so water source is always a good place as well. Yeah, especially if it stays hot, water is key as well. You know, they go through a lot of water through the day, and um, you know we got a real good pond on ours. It's one of the spots where I put one of my cameras, and and uh, they go to that water quite often, more than a guy thinks. Now, with the you mentioned the product and stuff, it's a little tougher to get it, and it takes a little longer. But the stuff you do have in stock, uh, if somebody's looking for a new bow, Brent, uh, what are you liking right now? Well, the Matthews VXR series. I mean, it's just it's awesome. They got a twenty-eight inch, real short, um, compact hunting bow, and then they have a thirty-one and a half inch um, in the same thing, but longer. And uh, longer is typically more stable and, and better shooting for long range and stuff like that. They're both awesome bows. Um, we do have a good supply of 28s. I mean, we have, we've made strides to make sure that we get stuff in. Um, we're ordering sites and different things wherever we can find them. Even if the manufacturer can't get them out to us for a couple of weeks, we're trying to get them from distributors wherever we can find different things to, to keep them in stock. But even arrows, everything's just a little bit tougher. What about on the crossbow front? Anything you like in there? Uh, the Mission sub-series, that's my favorite. It's quiet. It's easy. It decocks without firing an arrow. So when you're done for the night, you can just simply decock it and get it ready to go for the next day. Um, Ten Point's got some nice stuff out with some good pricing. Um, you know. And then back to the compounds, too, that Hoyt RX-4 this year is awesome bow. Um, that's all carbon bow and it really shoots well as well. And that Raven crossbow, uh, I've heard a lot of buzz about that. And are you still seeing people pretty interested in those? Yeah. Yep. We're, uh, we're having troubles getting some Raven stuff quickly. Um, uh, right now, I think as a matter of fact that we're out of it, but we have, uh, you know, there are 26, it's just a little compact 26 inch crossbow from top to bottom and very narrow, you know, and it just, 
400 feet per second and it really shoots but it's the smallest crossbow out there yeah i've shot those a couple of times i really like them so that's some things to check out and uh looking forward to getting out in the woods and hunting and uh hopefully brent you heal up here real quick and because uh, i know it's killing you <laughs> to not yeah. be out in the woods yeah it's not easy i had food plots to do i got work to do in my garage i can't hardly fish but with saying that i'm actually sitting in a boat right at the moment uh i gotta go to therapy here in about an hour so i um i, I took a little break from work and i'll go sit in the boat for a little bit while uh i get ready to go there so yeah nothing wrong with that it's brent Beimert, Beimert outdoors archery pro shop you can check them out just west of uh, brainerd baxter here on highway 210 brent get well soon buddy we'll talk to you soon throughout the fall okay Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. More Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And just doing a little uh, housekeeping here to keep you up on some of the things DNR has going on. And kind of a cool thing here in October, uh, the DNR has set two confiscated hunting and fishing equipment auctions for this fall, September 19th and October 24th, auctions will be held online. The Minnesota DNR has scheduled two of these auctions for fishing, hunting, and trapping equipment. The auctions will be held online at hillerauction.com. That's hillerauction.com. Includes uh, firearms, bows, and a variety of other equipment. All of the equipment was confiscated following serious game and fish violations. A tentative list of the equipment included in the first auction is available. Key dates, September 15th and October 20th. This is when the bidding catalog for each auction will be available. The catalog includes a written description and photo of each item. Then September 18th and October 23rd. This is when the on-site inspection is available from 10 until 4 at Hill and Auction Service in Zimmerman. And then September 19th and October 24th, these are the auction dates. The first auction will be closing at 10 a.m. on September 19th with a staggered ending, one item ending per minute. Bidding will extend on that item. There is a bid in the final five minutes and extend as many times as needed until there are no bids for five minutes. Extended bidding does not affect the ending times of other items. The second auction will begin closing at 10 a.m. on October 24th with the same format. Winning bidders will be sent an invoice after the completion of the auction. Items will be picked up at Hiller Auction Service in Zimmerman, Minnesota. Please note, bidders who purchase a firearm will be required to pass a federal firearms background check in person when paying for and picking up the firearm at the auction location. All equipment will be sold as is, including all defects or faults, known or unknown. Once they've been purchased, items cannot be returned. For more information, see the DNR Enforcement's auction page. A list of equipment to be auctioned will be available about a month before each individual auction at Hiller Auction Services' website. And once again, that's hillerauction.com. So a way to maybe upgrade your outdoor equipment, maybe save a little money in the process. That's going to do it for this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. Stream us live if you're away from your radio at todaysbestcountry.com or brainerdoutdoorsradio.com and of course we're all over the podcast networks wherever you download your podcasts just search Brainerd Outdoors. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainyard Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.